For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in naked, and you clothed me, and I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came. Here, meeting the needs of the people in the community. And when we go out in this disaster relief, there are brothers and sisters also who are devastated. And I've asked Brother Billy Powell. I've known him for some time. Uh, Billy come to faith to Christ uh, in a neat way. I have no time for that this morning, brother. But I know it's good, and I tell you, God did a work in this man's life. And uh, he has found a calling in this disaster relief. And I asked him to share just for a few minutes with us. Now, if you're interested in this, he's going to be by the table, by the door, if you want to ask more questions. Brother Billy, thank you for being here. Am I on? No? Yes? Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me this morning. Um, Brother Jimmy is so dear to my heart. He has taught me a lot over the years, and I've known him for about nine years. Do you remember in the Bible when um, Elisha said he wanted double portion of Elijah's? Well, Billy Powell wants a double portion of Jimmy Black. Because I'm going to tell you what, he is enthusiastic and and for the love of Christ and sharing Christ. And that's, that's what I want to rub off on me. And, and throughout the years, I have, I have, since I have become a child of God, you know, God has just shown me so many things. And, and all, the, all the missions are a passion to me, but the disaster relief missions, it, hit, it really hit home. And, you know, God has just allowed us to go all over the, all over the country to to uh, minister to different people in times of disasters. Of course, you know, all the hurricanes we've had, earthquakes and, and floods and all of this, you know, God has just, he has just taken us places that I never thought we'd go and have us do things that I thought I'd never do. But you know, it's not about me, it's not about us, it's all about God and it's all for him and everything that happens is for the glory of God. And, you know, even through a disaster, God's glory will be shown. You know, everything is for the glory of God. Even with um, the earthquake in Haiti, uh, one, of, one of my uh, volunteers is with me today. In fact, she's leaving, going back to Haiti again Tuesday for a week. They go down every three months uh, for a week. And they have just seen so much change in Haiti. Since this uh, disaster has happened, so many people have come to know Christ. There have been so many people saved. It's just unreal. And so many, so many Baptist churches have been started there uh, because of this. But um, I just want to thank God that, that he allows me just to be part of his ministry. And, and all of you can be part of this. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm too old to do this. I'm too old or I'm too young. I have studied this book from cover to cover, and I have never found where Jesus says that he, he gave an age limit to go out and witness for him, because that's, that's, not, that's not it. And a lot of people say, I can't do this, I can't do that. Apostle Paul didn't say that, did he? He said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You know, if we just, if we just let God direct us in what he wants us to do, and, and be obedient to, to go it and do it and just sharing, just sharing your, your faith with other people. 
we have seen people saved even in some of the little disasters that we've gone to and it, it's just it's just remarkable seeing seeing God at work again we're there you know we're to be his arms his legs his his voice no matter where we go no matter where he sends we should be obedient to go you know <laughs> I don't want to be a Jonah when they, when they say, Billy, can you do this? Can you do that? I don't want to be a Jonah. I want to be an Isaiah. He says, Lord, here am I. Send me. And I pray that that's what happens here. I, I pray that all of you that, you know, and, and as he said a while ago, if you're, if you're retired, I'm not retired. Um, I think there's one person on our team that's retired, and he's 85 years old, and and he, is, he can do more work than I can do. But um, it's, it's not just in doing work. It's, it's ministering to the, to the needs of the people. And any time a, a disaster happens, lives are changed. Lives are turned upside down. People are just, they're devastated. They don't, they don't know which way to go, which way to turn, who to talk to. But you know what? We can, we can be there and we, when, when, when this happens, they are victims. They are victims of a, of a disaster. We want to change that and turn them into survivors instead of victims. What we do, we try to do two, uh, three different things. We call it the three H's. That's help, healing, and hope. When we go to, to some place like this and, and we begin to help people, so, so many questions are asked, well, why are you here? Why are you doing this? We don't, we don't charge for anything. Everything that we do is free of charge, no matter, no matter how long it takes or, or what it is we're doing. If we're, if we're providing meals or if we're taking trees off of a house or if we're putting root, uh, tarps on houses, there's, there's absolutely no charge. And people can't understand, and they ask, why do you do this? We got the opportunity to tell them that Jesus sent us. We're there. We're there to share the, the compassion, the compassion that uh, Christ wants to share with them. And so many of them, they just, they just can't believe it when we, when we're there to work for them. Or, and a lot of times they'll come out to us, and even non-Christians would say, "Would you pray for us?" You know, God is touching their hearts already, and he is, you know, no matter where we go, God is always ahead of us. He goes and he'll prepare the way for us, and he prepares the hearts before we even get there. And uh, we, have, we have done, uh, after, we've been after tornadoes, uh, hurricanes, floods, earthquakes, you name it. But you know what? There's... As long as this world exists, there's going to be disasters. And God wants us to be there. He wants us to, to stand in and, and, uh, and help these people and let them know that God is with them, that he is, you know, God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This right here, this is the bread of life. And he wants us to share that. He wants us to feed his sheep. Remember, Jesus asked Peter, he says, Peter, three times he asked him, he says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. 
he was trying to get that point across to Peter. He asked him three times, Peter, do, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. That's what he's asking us to do, to feed his sheep. And I, I know I don't have time to tell you all the things about disaster relief, but uh, I'm going to be set up out, outside here after church. And if anybody would like to come up, I'll tell you more about it, how you can get involved. And again, it's not just for retired people. Uh, most of us have to work. Most of us have to make a living. But you know what? We can still fi find time to serve God. You know, we might not can go, but we can help send. We can't help send. We can at least pray for those that do go. Keep them covered up in prayer. That's, uh, and, and when we, when we um, if, if we, if you decide to go with the disaster relief of Florida, we have trainings. Our trainings start the um, first of spring. They go from February through June. And once a month, we have a training in, in one city in, in, in Florida. Well, this next year, our closest one is going to be in Orange Park. So there's no reason why a bunch of you can't, this next year, come over and uh, get the indoctrination and uh, be trained. But we have so many different things that you can be trained for. There's so many different things you can do. There's the mud out and clean up. There's... Uh, uh, chainsaw crews, there's spiritual uh, evaluations, there's uh, the, feed, uh, the feeding units. The feeding units are incredible. In the, here in the state of Florida, we have two units that we can go any place with. The small one, we can put out 15,000 meals per day, and the large one, we can put out up to 25,000 meals per day. That's feeding a lot of people. And again, there's, there's so many different things, but I got... Out here in the, in the hallway, I have some uh, literature that tells you about all the things that you can be trained for if you see something in there that you would like to do. But I know once you get started, if you get trained in one thing, you're going to want to get trained in everything that we do because you want to be a part of the whole thing. And it's really addictive. You know, once you get started, it's just like the missions. You can't, you can't just put it down. You're ready to go again. When you get back, you're ready to go again. And just like going to Africa, I, I know you guys are ready to go back. And, but I, I thank you for your time. I know we don't have that much time this morning. But again, I'm going to be out here, and I'd be glad to talk with anybody about it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, brother. There's an old song, boy, back when I was young, it was a contemporary song at the time. It says, how do you tell a thirsty man about the living water of the Lord? How do you tell a hungry man about the bread of life? You know, this is a unique opportunity for many of you, many of you that you might have that uh, can respond to these things to not only meet needs but share Jesus Christ. So I encourage you, if you're interested in that, Billy be out here, and uh, he'd love to talk to you more about that. Believe me, he has a passion for this. So uh, the table's right by uh, the door. Do I need to do something with this? Okay. All right, the next thing, next opportunity, uh, we're moving on to missions. We talked about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but now what about the uttermost parts of the world? Church, this is something we can do and get involved in, and it's very simple, but it has a life-changing impact. Brother, if you can go ahead and start the video.
Thank you, baby. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. What an easy way to reach the uttermost parts of the world by a simple shoebox. So I encourage you to talk to Debbie if you have any questions. You heard the turn-in times up there. Also this past year, we rejoice that God's given us the opportunity to go to Honduras to love on children in the orphanage down there and also do some needed repairs. We're going to continue that again next year, Lord willing. So uh, keep your uh, uh, eyes open in a bulletin about dates and things. I encourage you to be involved with that. Um, the most recent international opportunity we've had is, is South Africa, the other most parts of the world. And I'm going to ask the team to go ahead and kind of step up here, if you will. Uh, we left uh, Friday, was a, two weeks ago, and uh, finally got down there weary early Sunday morning. That is a long flight, and the older I get, the longer those flights become. So <laughs> uh, that was no good. So you got to pass this around. But what I've asked them to do is just for a few minutes each to share uh, what they've seen. It's kind of an exploratory trip for us. We weren't exactly sure what we we're going to get involved in, but what we found was the need is great. Uh, the need is great. So who's first, Miranda? I know you're kind of organizing this. Okay, Brandon's going to come and share with us a little bit about what he uh, witnessed in South Africa.
power. And after that, whoa. And you will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost will come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Why? Why would Americans that are doing fairly well go to a nasty, stinking prison to talk about Jesus? Because that's where Jesus would have us be. Why would we go to the Muslims in New York who have no regard for us? Because that's where Jesus would have us to be. Why would we go to an orphanage down in Honduras and minister to children? That's where Jesus would have us to be. Why would we take children from a Baptist children's home to SeaWorld just to have a day of fun and fellowship with them? Because that's where Jesus would have us to be. These apostles were given an awesome task. You're going to be my witnesses, you 70, to an entire world of the power of the gospel to transform lives. They didn't take it lightly. You know what they did? They prayed. The whole the remaining book of chapter 1 is there in prayer. And through that prayer, we see God empowering them and providing for them and, 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 and giving them the grace to fulfill what he's called them to do. It's an amazing thing. As you read through the book of Acts, you see the gospel being spread and spread. And just for a minute, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 29. If you have an Acts chapter 29, say amen. Oh, I got you. There is no Acts 29, church. Church, we're Acts 29. And I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider something as we move to a moment of invitation. I know this morning's been a little bit of fragmented, but I'm excited about what God has done in our midst this last year. And I looked expectantly at what he's going to do next year. And I am praying for you who are saying, you know, that's great for those guys, but it's not for me. Listen, if your life has been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, it is for you. This is never meant to be something top, top secret. God said, proclaim it to the masses. Salvation is available to all who call upon the name of the Lord. And how God chose to do it, though he could have chose many ways, he chose one way. He chose those whose lives have been truly redeemed to carry this message. So as we point to others, we need to point to ourselves. We need to be praying, we need to be giving, and we need to be going. If you agree with that this morning, church, say amen. amen. If you need power, you need to seek God's strength, these altars will be open this morning. But I also want to share with you this morning, maybe you're here this morning, and I know it's a little bit different service, I know that. But you're here and there is something in your life telling you, I am not ready to stand before a holy God. I know there is sin in my life. There are things that I'm committing. My mind uh, has been totally focused on me. But this morning I sense something that needs to change. The pastor is going to be up here. Come and share with him that. Allow him to share with you how your life can be radically transformed, how your sin can be forgiven, and how you can enter a genuine relationship with the Creator God. That's available with you, for you this morning. Would you stand, please, as we pray? Almighty God and our Father, uh, Lord, I just thank you for being in our midst. And God, as we look, uh, Lord, not only to the other most parts of the world, but God, as we look to our neighbor across the road. Father, how many times have we prayed for their soul? God, how many times have we uh, just attempted to reach out with the gospel to them? Lord, our mission begins with our neighbor. Our mission begins with our family. God, I just want to be a part of the body that, uh, Lord, exalts you that just proclaims the fame of your son, Jesus Christ, to those who they come in contact with. And Lord, I just sense that you're here. I sense that you're going to use us for something supernatural. Something in my heart tells me you're just beginning here at Celebration. Father, you're giving a, just a taste of what you can do and what you can accomplish to those who are obedient. So Lord, have your way this morning during our time of invitation. And we ask your blessing upon it in Jesus' name. Amen.